Today, on Commitment to Truth. You always have this comparison to the flesh and those that are around you and pictures that you see. But the wonderful promise that God gives you and I is that when we discipline the soul, He will make sure, He will bring conviction in your heart. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we continue a series titled, In Awe. Because our lives can be very hectic, we often forget to spend time thinking about how awesome the God we worship really is. Spending time thinking about and just being in awe of our God can help to revitalize our relationship with Him. This week, Pastor Cedric Brown will continue to teach us how we can be in awe of God. He will teach us that, though it sometimes hurts, we should accept his discipline and training as it prepares us to serve and live for him. He will also teach us how we should live as those who have received God's healing. Finally, we will learn how to live peacefully with everyone as well as sanctified, set apart for the Lord and from the world. Here is Pastor Cedric lead pastor of Commitment Church with today's message. So a lot of times, you know, as a pastor, you know, when you're out serving people, funerals, weddings or whatever, th th there is a sense of hospitality that's given to me in many ways. And, and, and I appreciate it immensely. And I really, early, early on in ministry, I really struggled with it, period. And I've learned to at least embrace what people are trying to express towards me, which I appreciate the servitude. But there's times as a personal gauge and guardrail in my life of discipline and also to live peaceably with humility is um, in certain occasions, there's this need to serve me first. And I get it. Hey, pastor, you married us. We want to give you your plate first. Hey, pastor, I know it's a funeral. We want to feed you first. Hey, you know, even in a church setting, we may have a meeting. Okay, well, go, go first, Pastor. No, there's many times as a personal discipline, I wait till everyone else goes first. You eat first, I'll wait. And I don't know if some of the guys ever notice as well, at least when I'm in the room when it comes to, like, everyone group eating, I normally yell women and children first. Personal discipline. Just a personal discipline. Let them go first. It's hospitality. It's servitude. It seems little, but listen, when my stomach is growling and it's saying, eat, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. <laughs> it, it takes self-control. After a long day, you're serving people, and the first thing they want to do is feed you, and that's so gracious but then, you know, there's something, someone in me says, no, no, no. Let them go first. So this hospitality and this lowliness in mind that somehow brings peace in you that then somehow translates peace with each other, super important to navigate through. no matter what your role is in the body of Christ. But then it goes to verse 17. It says, never pay back evil with evil to anyone. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right. 
in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, not how it depends on the other person, but how it depends on me, on us, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And can I also insert something here when it comes to peace and the vengeance of God? So many times our peace is robbed from us when we try to take the place of God. In other words, your husband may not be doing everything you know he's supposed to do, and God even knows that. But you know what happens many times, wives, is that you try to help God out, and your peace dissipates. Same thing happens, you know, when the child grows up, child begins to develop their own attitude, personality, and a parent jumps in and I'm going to take care of this. You know, you know, I'm still daddy. You know, I'm still mommy. And you know, you need to respect me. And you put your foot down and you threaten and take this, take that. And none of that is working. Sometimes we need to just back away and let God handle it. You know, those times that you're not respected as a man, not respected on your job, not respected in society. Do you really think God is not for the underdog? Do you really think he don't deal with just issues in marriages and families? You really think he does that? It's not our job to defend ourselves, our people, our our positions are, it's God's job. Step back and let God defend you on your job. Yeah, it can be unfair if the coach doesn't give you playing time and all that stuff. God is even, listen, he even wants to be a part of those details of life, every aspect of your life. If it's as simple as, you know, playing time on a field as a young man or a woman, you know, to, you know, college interest exams and whatever it may be, God is fair and he's just and he's in full control. How do I know? He says promotion doesn't come from the east nor the west, but it comes from the very end of God. He raises up and he brings down. He's God almighty in your home, in the community, in the world, on this planet. He is God almighty almighty still. And we need to back away, live at peace, and let God handle the details. Keep your peace with all men. Because this is the way I've seen God do it even in my own life. I keep my peace with that employer that treats me unfairly. God changes the heart. Now I'm in position to receive the blessing. But I've also seen many people around me who become at odds with the employer. Opportunity opens up because they are now disconnected with the organization, disconnected with the leadership that God placed in their life. They lose the opportunity. Let God deal with what is wrong. 
he does a better job at it. But if the enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, living peaceably with all men is only attainable by being completely at peace with God at all times. Here's our last point found again in Hebrews chapter 12, um, verse number 14. Last part of verse 14, it says this. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Live sanctified. Live a sanctified life. Remember, there's something called progressive sanctification. When you come to know Jesus Christ, you are then sanctified. As you continue to live your life, you are now being sanctified. When you die to go to see, with Jesus, see Jesus, your sanctification is now complete. Now, keep that in mind. Now, let's define the word sanctification. It means this consecration and purification that sets one apart unto the ranks of the redeemed. You are saved, set apart because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. But then it goes on to be defined this way. It is also the sanctification of the heart and life, thus enabling one to be holy even as God is holy, right? So we're set apart. We're part of the redeemed, right? And we're, we're, we're this way, and we are now in this group of people because of the finished work of Jesus Christ immediately. But there's something about being now separated from the world so that you can continue to be sanctified, holy, and becoming more and more like the character of Jesus Christ. So think about this. So this is the sanctified, set-apart, redeemed category right here. This is the non-sanctified behaviors that we're all tempted to pursue. And there's always this tension of, I know I'm a part of this camp, but that camp looks real good. Because I remember how I felt. I remember the experiences. I remember who and what I left behind. And I will always be pulled and lured back to the unredeemed camp on this side of heaven. But here's our challenge. I come to know Jesus Christ, I'm redeemed, and I see God doing amazing things. You're there, right? I see, it's like, I can't believe it. Oh, my life is not the same. I can't believe it. I got so much joy. I can't believe it. I got so much peace. I can't believe it. Oh, everything is just, you know, hitting and running on all cylinders. But inevitably, this is what happens in a believer's life. I get pulled. Then I see less. 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 I see less of him. Not because he moved. Not because he's changed. Because he's the same God yesterday and today and forever. It's because I'm being lured back to former ways. Influencing your world. Have you ever wondered why you were born where you were born? Why this family? Why this particular community? Why this part of the world? Why do I have these friends? Why this school? at this time. Why this church? It's simple. God 
Through His sovereign wisdom, He knows precisely what you need to fulfill His purposes in you for His glory. You can purchase this book and others by Cedric Brown at cedricbrown.com. So that being in mind, let's look at then Romans chapter 6, verse 19 through 22 real quickly. Romans 6, 19 through 22. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For you, for just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness resulted in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness resulting in what? For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Listen, when I was in the, in the sin camp, in the unredeemed camp, I didn't, it was fair game. Everything was fair game. Verse 21, therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. But now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. There will be always that pull to go back to those things that we are now unashamed of. Then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 through 7 describes sanctification as being the will of God and a call of God, real quickly. It says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, you abstain from sexual impurity, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel, his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passions like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in a matter because the Lord is the avenger in all things. Just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. You want to see him more? Live sanctified. You want to see him less? Follow your passions. And I think we all have cycled through that to whatever degree. We're excited about Jesus, excited about the encounter of the relationship, and we just see him working all around us. Because we're living in the redeemed camp. But then we start getting comfortable, letting our guards down. We start just going back to those things that we're really now unashamed of, but we're just kind of doing them on the down low, if you would. Because now we know we have some Christian liberty or we know that it won't send us to hell, but you see less of him. In other words, others may, but I may not. Listen, one thing I've learned in my walk with Christ and trying to live a sanctified life is I'm not going to get in your Kool-Aid. If you feel that's what you want to do, go have it. But I know what I'm doing because I know how bad I am. I know how evil I am. 
and I need less and less of who I used to be and more and more of who I know I should be. Which the beautiful thing about it, it allows me to live at peace with all men. Others may, but I may not. Let me end with this. We've been going through this article, which is entitled, The Eight Reasons Why All Makes Your Life Better. Here's number five. All makes you feel smaller and more humble. One of the most profound effects of all is how it can change our perception of ourselves. Multiple studies have shown that all can make us feel smaller, diminished, or insignificant, what researchers call the small effect. People who are more naturally prone to experiencing awe felt more humility and were rated as more humble by their friends. All led them to acknowledge their strengths and their weaknesses in a more balanced way and to better recognize how outside forces contribute to their successes. This is what Psalm 66, verse 3 and 4 says. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him? In other words, when we look at the moon and the stars and the wonderful vast landscapes of life on this earth, we never look past the creator. You know, when you tour a art gallery, right, you see a wonderful picture that will take your breath away. But you can never look at the artwork and not find who's the artist. And I think when we live this life, folks, we have to live life in view of the artist, not merely the artwork. And if we know who the artist is and the creator is, and our hearts are fond of the artist and his artwork and the creator and his creation, we will say, what is man that you take thought of us? In other words, it'll keep us in a healthy, humble place that we remain usable by a holy God. It will ultimately cause us to stand in awe of him. So my hope again in this sermon series is that we just continue to look at the, the fingerprints of God and everything that he's created. But it will ultimately lead us back to the artist and cause us to stand in awe of him all the more. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that you are the master artist and everything on this earth is your handiwork. Lord, we know that there's nothing, no one that you've created that is not an expression of your hand. 
And in doing so, it should teach us how to live humbly with each other because we know that we're created in your image and it's your fingerprints all over us. So give us respect. She'll help us appreciate each other more. And God, every single thing that we enjoy today somehow leads back to you. You gave us the creative thoughts. You gave us the capacity to create. It all leads back to you. Hello, this is Cedric Brown, your teacher on Commitment to Truth. I would like to personally thank you so much for tuning in week after week to listen here on this station. My prayer is that our time together is encouraging and strengthening you in your personal walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm not going to assume that all of you know this Christ that I speak about week after week. And if you don't, and this is you, my prayer is that you are being inspired to know Him personally through commitment to truth. But if you want to invite this Christ into your life right now, would you like to please pray with me? It's just a short prayer. It goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I acknowledge today that I am a sinner and I've sinned against you. But I believe that you came to die for me. You were buried for me and you rose again from the grave just for me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and my risen Savior. And I surrender my life completely to you until I see you face to face. Jesus, would you, would you please empower me through your Holy Spirit to live the rest of my life for your glory and for the good of others? In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. So if you pray this prayer, or if you need help finding a local Christ-centered and Bible-teaching church, please email me at info at commitmenttotruth.org. Once again, that is info at commitmenttotruth.org. And lastly today, could you please do two things for me, all of you? Number one, could you spread the word about commitment to truth to your friends, your family, and even your enemies? We all could learn, right? And secondly, please email me at info at commitment to truth to let me know how this ministry is impacting your life. Once again, that is info at commitmenttotruth.org. I would love to hear from you. May God bless you and your family and have a great day. Thank you again for listening to our series, In Awe, from Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Hebrews 12.28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Throughout this series, we hope you are reminded how awesome our God is whom we serve and worship, and that you are encouraged to have a life of worship for our Lord. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, 
Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.